All right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. Uh, this week, we've got some news for you on the Ducks. Uh, Saku Koibu retired, and uh, Boudreaux got a contract extension. We're also going to talk about the possible um, NHL expansion and uh, some of the rule changes that the uh, league announced this week. So first up for the Ducks, we have uh, Saku Koibu uh, announced his retirement, Eddie. Yeah, um, you know, it, it was kind of hinted that it was going to happen. Uh, I think most people assumed it would uh, with Solani retiring, and, and he really didn't have any any spot on the team if he was going to come back with the Ducks. And, you know, maybe the only two possible places he could have gone otherwise were Montreal and Minnesota. But I, I think in the end he, he made the right decision. Uh, his best years are past him, and he's had uh, 18 solid seasons in the NHL. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he might not be done playing hockey. You know, there's still a chance that him and Solani go over and play for Joker. Um, you know, that's still kind of up in the air. But, uh, yeah, I think it it was a good decision for him, and uh, it'll be sad to see him go, but uh, he had a, a great career with Montreal and with the Ducks. Yeah, you know, I mean, Koivu played, you know, over 1,100 games. Uh, he had 255 goals and 577 assists for a total of uh, 832 points. So he had a really, really good career, um, you know. And as, uh, I don't know if everybody knows, but he also came back too from um, that uh, lymphoma he had when he was uh, on Montreal back in 2001, um, in which uh, he came back and played a couple uh, of those games at the end of the season, and then you know he came back and played every season after that. So I mean, it's a really, really good story uh, to see Koivu play so many um, seasons in the NHL despite those health issues that he had in the past. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember um I remember watching that game when he came back. Uh, most of my family were or Montreal fans, so I remember seeing him uh, come back after he you know, he had cancer and uh you know, his inspirational kind of stories kind of like the Mario Lemieux story he comes back and and you know, it kind of gets lost to people that he had such a good career. Uh, you know, he didn't have great years in Anaheim, but he he had a a really solid career uh, despite, you know, all the problems he had to go through in his in his life. Yeah, and, and, you know, like you mentioned, Eddie, uh, he may not be done, too. You know, um, it's still up in the air. We, we put out the poll question again uh, about what would Koi would do next. I had it on the website a couple times, but in the latest one we did, it uh, looks like most people are hoping, um, you know, that he'll, um, like Tamu, they're hoping that he'll take up some kind of a management position with the Ducks. That's kind of what we've got uh, as our leader right now on the poll. But, um, you know, I don't know. It's up in the air. I mean, uh, he and Solani could both go to Yokerit and play uh, in some kind of a deal that we had heard from before where Solani might do, you know, the home games or all the games. Or maybe they both um, they uh, both take management roles with the Ducks, Eddie. Yeah, they could take management kind of coaching roles. Uh, I also wouldn't be surprised either if uh, if Solani went back. I mean, if uh, Koivu went back to, to Montreal, too, because that's where he spent most of his career. And uh, did some kind of management or, or coaching role there, uh, but yeah, it would be it'd be nice to uh, to see Solani and Quavo stay in, in in some kind of role in the organization, um, or even see them play one one more season in, in Yogurt. But uh, yeah, it will be uh, it'll be cool to see uh, how this all pans out uh, before the season or, or after the season starts. Yeah, we'll keep our eye definitely still on Solani and Quavo, and as always, keep everybody updated. Um, the other uh, bit of news that we had this week, Eddie, actually on the, on the same day, they talked about uh, Bruce Brudrow and his uh, contract extension. Uh, a couple more years, Eddie. Yep, yeah, and uh, I, it's not a big surprise here. Uh, they're keeping him in Anaheim through the 2016-2017 season. Uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with this. I think this is a, definitely a good deal for the Ducks to get him uh, yeah, re-inked for, for two more years or added on to his contract. Uh He's a, he's the most winning or the most winningest coach uh, right now, and that's uh, out of active coaches. Uh, you know, he's back to back Pacific titles don't really hurt either. So, I think it's a great deal, and it's going to be nice to have him back. And hopefully, we can uh, you know, push on past the second round in the playoffs this year. Yeah, you know, and that's another poll question we threw out there, Eddie, too, uh, about getting past the second round and. Overwhelmingly, most of the fans believe that the Ducks can get past the second round with Boudreaux. Um, I've still heard a few, you know, chirping from a few people on social media that uh, they're, you know, not too happy. They they think that, um, you know, not getting past the second round to them doesn't mean anything because, 
you know, the, the regular season, you do so well, you end up first or second, like um, he did with Washington, he's done with the Ducks. But, you know, it, it means it means nothing once you get stopped in the second round. But, you know, I, I, I don't really agree with some of the people that are uh, throwing that out there because, I mean, uh, who who the Ducks get, Eddie? You know, I mean, it just uh, – I understand. I mean, we all want to get past the second round. We get that. But, I mean, who else would we go get, Eddie? Yeah. There's no – It's like, what, so you can put Solani in, in the GM role? Uh, there's no one realistically – or, sorry, in the coaching role, there's no one realistically good enough or as good as uh, as Bruce Boudreau out there, he's arguably one of the better coaches in the league right now. Is his winning percentage uh, for his career and with the Ducks, you know, to show just that. So uh, and he struggled in the playoffs, but it's it's not easy to to go, you know, into the uh, pass the second round every time you get in the playoffs. I know he's he hasn't done it before, but he's only been in the uh, in the NHL for coaching for nine years. So it's not like uh, you know, some coaches go through their whole career and consider good coaches and they and they don't win the Stanley Cup. Um, I think he has what it takes, and and a lot of the pressure can't just go on him as well. It's got to go on the players too. Uh, we took the Stanley Cup champions to to Game Seven last year, so you can't really you can't really fault Boudreaux for that. He did, uh, you know, he coached us to a great season. Uh, even and can you can even consider it a great playoffs too, considering how far far we took it. So I, I think uh, you know Bob Murray and 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 the fans just got to get behind him, and obviously the you know the Ducks organization just got behind him, give him a two-year extension. Uh, I think he's got a, what it takes, and and you know uh, he's got a, a new team, his team behind him now, and uh, we'll see how far he can go this year. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, uh, you know his record at, at the Ducks uh, for the. Um... Uh, the shortened season, and then when he obviously he came in for Carlisle and last season, you know, uh, 111 wins, 55 losses, and then uh, 22 uh, um, ties or shootouts, uh, if you will. Um, you know, that's not that's not bad. I mean, you're talking about a 600 something percentage winning percentage. I mean, it's nothing to sneeze at. And like you said, losing to the Kings in Game Seven, uh, you know, it's not like we got swept four games. You know, and we very easily could have won that. So I think you make some good points there that um, we should be glad to have them. And I think that the Ducks will still end up in, you know, one of those top-seeded teams in the West. And another thing that people don't realize, too, is, you know, the West is loaded. Um, you got to go through uh, Chicago and the Kings. And then you've got other decent teams that we've talked about in the last two podcasts that – I've gotten other players like St. Louis and Colorado and even Dallas is coming up too. So the West is super competitive, and I think uh, Boudreaux is still our man, Eddie. Yeah, and the, the, you know, maybe his, his uh, main problem this year is going to be uh, dealing with the goaltenders, uh, two you know, relatively inexperienced goalies between the pipes for the Ducks this year. And uh, that will be his uh, his main project, I think, uh, that he's going to have to deal with. And, and just you know, keeping guys on track, uh, you know, lead them to the same kind of season they did last year. And you know we we you gotta remember too like uh, he's the fastest coach to reach 300 wins in NHL history. You know the, the the Ducks basically have one hand on the cup, and and his job is to help them get the other hand on the cup uh, by the end of the season. So uh, I I don't have any worries. I th- I think he's the guy to you know to to lead the way. Um, and I I think he, we have a good chance of doing that this year with the team that he's him and Bob Murray have put on the field. Oh, I agree, Eddie. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how we do. Um, the only other uh, news that we're still waiting for is, you know, Devontae Smith-Pelly. We haven't heard, so we're still waiting on that. Um, though we've heard, uh, uh, you know, just through social media that um, they should be coming up with a deal here soon. And, of course, once we figure that out, uh, we will get that to everybody out there. Um, looking around the NHL and some other news, it looks like the um, NHL, there have been talks that they want to expand. So what are some of the cities, Eddie, that have been talked about? And what are your thoughts on, you know, whether or not it's likely or if it's uh, too far-fetched of an idea for the NHL to go to? Yeah, we're just a, a little bit late on it. But, uh, uh, you know, we have did the season preview and stuff. But we've got uh, uh, Toronto, Seattle, Quebec City, and Las Vegas are the are the four teams that are rumored to come in in, in 2017 for, for NHL expansion. Um, you know, to start off with the one, I think that, probably has the best chance of succeeding is, is probably Seattle. I think that's got to be top on their list. Uh, you look at some of the, the franchises they have there and, and professional sports uh, with uh, you know the Seahawks and, and how well they've done and, and the arena they have there, 
for the Seahawks. And, and you look at smaller market, you know, sports in the MLS for the Seattle Sounders, and they, they fill that place sometimes for, for soccer games. And I, I could see uh, hockey doing really well down there. I, I wouldn't really... I would I'd be surprised if it did bad, you know. They've they've got the Mariners, they've got uh the Seahawks and they've got the Sounders. So I think uh, adding a hockey team to that mix and and possibly they they eventually looking at bringing the SuperSonics back there. So it's just a sports city and it would be it'd be a nice addition to add a hockey team there. And they've got that rivalry with uh Vancouver already set up as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Seattle is number 1. Um like you mentioned uh getting the Seattle uh, SuperSonics back for the NBA. Um, you know, the job that Carroll's done with the uh, Seahawks and the NFL obviously winning last year and di- basically dismantling Denver. Um, you know, the, the city is definitely alive with sports, and I think they would be number one uh, to get a team. And obviously, Eddie, if they're going to add one team, they got to add two teams. So what what would be another city you would think that the NHL would go towards for adding a, a second team? I think um, if you if you're gonna put it like uh, if you're gonna rank it, uh, Toronto and Quebec City are, are for me are the two next ones. I think I think Toronto is is the most likely one. I, you know the Maple Leafs are, are the the most you know the highest valued, probably the the most popular, most uh, successful uh, money wise uh, uh, franchise in the league, and putting another team in, in Toronto. Um, it wouldn't be such a bad idea. Look at that. You know, they've got two teams in New York. Uh, so I, you know, there are a couple of teams in the LA area, obviously with Anaheim and, and, uh, in LA. So putting another team in, in Toronto would, would not be such a bad idea. Um, they, they could probably play at the ACC until a new arena is built. And that's what these things kind of fringe on is, is the ability and the, the, you know, how, how fast they can build an arena to accommodate these new teams. I think eventually they'd want to, you know, play this new Toronto team out of, you know, maybe Mississauga, Markham, you know, all right, you know, the greater Toronto area, somewhere around there. But uh, for the time being, at least they they can play in the ACC. It kind of prevents some scheduling issues, but I think Toronto's the the you know number two on the list for for an expansion franchise. Yeah, and you know we talked about this before, Eddie, and you know people that aren't familiar with the Toronto fan base. Or I mean, or you know, Canadians as far as obviously their passion for hockey. Explain to the fans that you, basically in Toronto, uh, regardless how the team's doing, what is it like with the fan base there? It's it's pretty intense still. Yeah, right? yeah, it's one of the one of the if not the most intense fr- franchise in the league. They know they're bad, and, but they still show up. And, um, media-wise, it's probably the most intense. The, you know, in the NHL that you could get, maybe you know Montreal's up there as well. But yeah, uh, Toronto. Uh, uh, you, you, the only thing I think we could be an issue is because Toronto is so successful with the Maple Leafs, and and there's such a a huge fan base. And you know, if anybody's a hockey fan in Toronto, and you're born in Toronto, you're a Maple Leafs fan. So it, it, there's there you know the problem kind of arises. Where do these other fans come from? Where do mm-hmm. these new, these, you know, if they build a team in Markham, you know, you could say there's maybe, you know, most of the people living there are the hockey fans or Leafs fans. Well, they might be the ones that would say, okay, we, you know, we've got a hometown team now. They're in Markham, so this could be our team. But then where do you, you got to recruit the other fans from somewhere else? I think that could be the only problem is do you want to pry fans away from the Leafs and then you've got to split the uh, the attendance in, in, in both uh, for both teams. I think maybe that could be the only reason playing out of the same arena could be a good thing. Uh, people might support both teams, but I think that could be the only issue with it. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, too, I mean, some people don't re- realize, you know, the Kings came around 1967. Ducks came around 1993, way after. I mean, obviously they don't play in the same arena, um, but you know, uh, they're very, very close. They're just, you know, a 40 minute drive on the freeway. It, you know, if there's no traffic, everybody out here knows what I'm talking about. If there's traffic, it's, you know, well over an hour, but it's still relatively close. So there's still two fan bases out here. Um, you know, and hockey is now obviously in the last couple of years gotten much, much bigger out here with the, the outdoor game, um, the ducks winning the cup, the Kings winning the cup twice. So I think, um, like you said, uh, the only difference being is that, obviously the fans being so passionate there it would be kind of difficult to see how they would divide you know the fan base in um, toronto yeah and i think with with the third team that we've got on there too is is that this could become a problem uh with the you know the same as in toronto with quebec city becoming a team 
because then you've got to compete with uh, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, and mm-hmm. you know the, the same kind of thing. You know, situation. Original six team. These are two of the most storied franchises in the NHL, and and Montreal is you know number one when it comes to history. And and how do you compete with that? I know they've had uh, you know Quebec Nordiques have been there before, and obviously that didn't work out. So it, it, you know, bringing a team back to Quebec City could be great as you know for. The team could be supported while it's just where do you get the fans from. And, and I think with Quebec, it's a little bit easier because when you're Montreal and Quebec City aren't as close as if you're going to put one in Toronto in the greater Toronto area. Um, and, you know, people on the outer skirts where Quebec City is would be Quebec City fans and, and then people near closer to Montreal would be Montreal fans. So I don't think it's as big as a problem with Quebec City. Um, but I, I still think the first two, Toronto and Seattle, are, are better options. But Quebec City, if you, if they're going to do a four-team expansion, and, and as it's come out in reports, Quebec City is on that list. Yeah, you know, and for those that don't know, Quebec Nordiques was the team that then ended up moving to Colorado, became the Colorado Avalanche, uh, just for those of you that don't know. And uh, would you liken their situation, Eddie, to kind of the Winnipeg Jets situation that, you know, the Winnipeg Jets lose their team, um, then they get the team back? Uh, would it be a similar situation for Quebec? You know, if they if they get, you know, obviously they may not um, be the Nordiques, they may be another name uh, or whatever they decide. But do you think it would be something similar to that kind of situation or do you think it would be different? Yeah, I think it, I think it could be similar. Um, with Winnipeg, it, it's a little bit easier to, to bring them back and then, you know, all those people there. Are, are still Jets fans. So and there's a lot of people who are Jets fans, and they laugh now they came back. And you, you've got to assume there's probably the same thing with Quebec Nordiques uh, if you bring them back. I think the best option for them would to just be rename them the, the Quebec Nordiques if you're going to bring it back there. Um, you know, to change around the jerseys like the Winnipeg Jets did. But uh, I think the, the best thing the Jets franchise did was keeping it uh, called the Jets. So you don't you know alienate those fans who've been... Jets fans, even when they were gone, but yeah, I I think uh, it could be you know much of the same situation um, with their, a new team team coming back after losing one, um, and I think it'd be a good idea, and it it has potential to to be a, a franchise that could last and and not they won't have to go through that again. Now, if you if you look at it, if, if we we're going through three cities so far, so if there was a fourth city and the NHL just, you know decided to add four teams at once or over the period of a couple of years, what what do you think would maybe be a fourth city that the NHL would look at? Well, in re- in reports, it's it's Las Vegas, and I, I in my opinion, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't go and put it in Las Vegas. I just don't think it's it's such a good idea for one, you know, having it such a uh, so close to being able to you know the sports betting industry, and and then having uh, a team in Vegas. I just I don't see it being a great idea. You know who goes to Vegas to to watch a a hockey game, I and I know obviously there's people who live in Las Vegas. Um, I just don't know if it would um, be successful. Obviously, with the reports coming out with these four teams, the, there's got to if they're any but true, the NHL's obviously looked into it and seen that there there's possibility for success, um, which isn't saying a whole ton because there's teams were put in Atlanta, and obviously we know how that that worked out. So. Um, right. I just don't see it being a great option um, in, in the long run for a franchise. It might be, you know, with the, the if they build up enough hype um, in the first year or two, it will be great. But then if the team if the team's not winning, and and the chances are with an expansion team, you're not going to be winning uh, for you know the first three or four seasons. I uh, I don't see Las Vegas being a suitable long term franchise. It, it would really surprise me if it, if it worked out to be. It would be uh, kind of like a Phoenix situation. But, you know, obviously Phoenix has their, has had their struggles um, as of late too. So, Yeah, I agree. You know, I've been to Vegas I don't even know how many times. But uh, other than college football with uh, UNLV, there's no professional team. I mean, you don't have baseball, basketball, football. I mean, you've got college-level stuff, but you have no professional um, other fans to kind of pull from at all. So... I mean, they could try it, like you said, but I think it would be very, very difficult just because, like you said, most people go to Las Vegas on their vacations to go do whatever, see the shows, gamble, all that other stuff that, you know, Vegas is known for. So I I don't see it being a sports city, period, I mean, for any professional team. So I highly doubt 
that would be the fourth city. Um, is there any other uh, cities that you would think either in the U.S. or Canada that uh, the NHL should look at maybe? Well, um, uh, before these reports came out, uh, Hamilton used to be rumored in Ontario as a as a type team that could possibly get a franchise along with teams like places like Seattle. Um, in in Canada, uh, I I don't I don't think putting a you know there's there's places where you really can't put teams. Uh, I think Saskatchewan. Putting a team in Saskatoon is really hard with the you know the population they have there. Um, another team uh, in Vancouver has been rumored before, uh, which is sort of like the Toronto situation. Obviously, we've got that team in Quebec City. Uh, putting a team out east isn't really an option in Canada as well. So, I think uh, Hamilton, Hamilton, and London were were rumored, um, and another team in Vancouver. And, um, as for the states, I really don't know. I, I think Seattle obviously is the best option. And uh, moving on from there, I I'm off the top of my head. I really I really can't think of anywhere else they'd put them. There's probably are suitable options to put another franchise, but I think the the three that they had there, and then possibly uh, rethinking another fourth uh, franchise for that list somewhere in the U.S. would be a good option for the NHL. Yeah, the only thing I could maybe see for you know I don't know Canada. I mean, like you do, so I'm not even going to go there. I mean, we've already talked about uh, Toronto and as you mentioned Vancouver and the other couple areas. The um, only other thing maybe I could see is uh, maybe in Texas. You know, uh, the state is so big and they've got multiple teams and multiple sports. That's maybe one that they could look at. I'm not. This is just me talking. I haven't seen a report or anything like that. I'm just saying that because Texas is such a large state. And they've got multiple teams in the other um, professional sports, so that's maybe one that uh, I don't know. Maybe I could see Eddie. That's that's really all I got on my end. Yeah, maybe like a Houston kind of a Houston team or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because you got you know the Cowboys and you've got the Texans, so I mean, you just never know. It could be something like that where they would have one in that area. Because I mean, obviously Texas is big on football, of course, and then they still, they've got, you know, basketball with the Mavericks and the Spurs, too. Um, so, I mean, it wouldn't be a far-fetched idea for them to do that, because that state can more than, you know, um, ample uh, to uh, handle uh, two teams in the NHL. Yeah, and the, and the Stars do surprisingly well for, for being in Texas. A lot of people didn't think they would uh, end up succeeding there, and they've shown that they can um, have a stable team, and they've won a Stanley Cup. So, uh, so I think having a team in Houston could be a, another option for them too. I think that's definitely a better option than than putting it in in Las Vegas. But um, in the end, it, it's really up to the NHL, and if that's one of their options, they will end up putting a team there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Did, um, and any of the reports did you see when they were talking about this may happen? Was it next season or within two years? I haven't seen a time frame. I just heard rumors. Um, the 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 time frame that was rumored is is around the 2017, uh, sometime around then. But um, anytime uh, Gary Bettman's been asked about it or anybody else and um high up in the NHL organization, uh, they've kind of denied that any talks have been, you know, taking place. Uh, if they are, they're preliminary talks and. And this isn't really a major priority for the NHL, and it it, it isn't. Uh, but uh, I think you know they're kind of just blowing smoke over. I think there there's been talks about it, and and obviously if these reports are going out, and it seemed like uh, they weren't really out of nothing. There was a lot of people reporting on these, um, more so than I've seen in a while. Um, so I I think there was they've definitely had some talks, but I, if if anything happens, it's not for at least three or four years. Okay, but you know, you know what makes sense to me too, though, is if say Seattle is number one, and then say maybe Vancouver gets another team, or say that uh, Texas or something like that does come up, whatever. I can see the NHL adding two initially, and then obviously putting them in the West to balance out the teams. That because uh, otherwise they add a team in the East, then they might have to go back to say like Detroit and say, okay, Detroit, you're going to go back to the West, which. I don't think they want to do so. I think most likely there would be two teams added to the Western Conference. What do you think? Yeah, I think the the best option for the NHL is to to add two expansion teams, and then um, move a team like the Panthers or another struggling team, uh, and replace two teams with um, with the two other teams they feel like putting in there. Because then that puts you at at thirty two, which is which is a nice number. I think at thirty two teams is uh, is better than having thirty four. And you know it's been it's been rumored that that Florida uh, has a chance to move just like before Phoenix or Arizona worked out their problems. Uh, Arizona was uh, 
on the you know that on the way to moving out of uh, Phoenix. So I think um, that's the most logical option. Uh, other than Florida, it, it's kind of tough to say who else would or what other franchise would be moving in, unless Arizona comes on some of the same problems they've had before. Um, but I think that's the best way to go about it is to have two expansion and then two franchises that move into the other areas. Um, and then if you do that, you can, um, you can work it out. So it's even, and it ends up being a 16 and 16, um, in each conference. Uh, and I think that that's, that's definitely the way they should end up considering going. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, I hear this from, you know, some of the teams, or, I mean, some of the fans uh, from the Eastern Conference teams. And, you know, they're like, well, you've got 16 teams and only eight make the playoffs. The West, you've got 14 and eight make it. So, you know, if you're in the West, you have a much better chance of uh, making it. And it's not necessarily even. And that's some of the stuff I've heard from East Coast fans. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think it, it, it actually plays such a uh, – I think a lot of people would say that are, are, are when their team actually doesn't make the playoffs. Um, I, I get it. There's a numbers difference in it, but you know, if your team's gonna, you, everybody plays the same amount of games. Uh, so I, I don't see it being, being such a huge issue, but yeah, um, if you're going to add teams, you, you're not going to want to have, you know, uh, two more teams in, in a conference and another one uh, or three or four. So you want to, you want to even it out and, and have, you know, possibly if you can 16 and 16. Right. Well, you know, we'll keep our eye on see what's going to happen with the expansion. Um, as of now, some of the changes that the NHL actually did make were to the rules, Eddie, and uh, we'll kind of go through these one by one and um, see if uh, you and I like them or, or not and give our feedback. But uh, uh, one of the first rules they did is they uh, changed the restricted area in the goalkeeper area, Eddie. And um, what do you know about the change and what do you think? Yeah, it looks like they're expanding the uh, the trapezoid behind the net by two feet from from the goalposts on both sides of the net, it just gives the the goalies uh, more room to play the puck, and and you know you kind of saw that last year. There's a little bit of issues with the amount of space they had. Um, I I don't see it being you know making a huge difference. Um, it kind of gives the goalies more room, so they avoid behind the net collisions, play the puck around. Um, it's a nice rule to put in there. It doesn't really change the game a ton. Uh, just it's more one of the the safety rules that they're putting in play. Do you think, um, since the area is, you know, a little bit bigger, do you think that helps the offense a little bit since, you know, the goalie can't go as far back to play the puck? Um, I don't know. I, um, you, you rarely see it where, where the goalie comes out. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, the player is, is in there to challenge him and he hits the goalie or something like that. Um, I, I don't see this really helping the offense. You know, this, this is more so just, just for the goalies. It's not like they're, you know, widening the nets or, 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 you know, like how they shortened the, the nets last year. So I, I, I don't think uh, it's going to really affect the offense as much as it helps the goalies be able to, you know, keep safe behind the net and be able to play the puck uh, easier. Yeah, because, I mean, like you mentioned, it's not like they made the net bigger or that they made the goalie pad smaller or anything like that. It just seems like they're just making it more. I mean, their their goal is to try and have more offense, but this rule to me seems a little bit more of, of a safety issue. So there's not as many collisions when the goalie uh, goes behind the net. Yeah, and that's where you'll see with a lot of these other rules, uh, the, they're either focused on generating more offense or or you know keeping towards uh, keeping the game more safe, and and that's what you're you're gonna see that trend with uh, with the rest of the rules that they've uh, they've announced so far. You know, one of the other rules that I, I like that they changed is the uh, video goal judge uh, basically having um, some broader discretion as far as uh, allowing kicked in goals. Um, this used to just drive me nuts watching not just the Ducks games, but I, I you know I watch other teams play too, and you see so many times where. A puck is shot towards the net. It goes off a player's skate in the net. Um, you know, the guy doesn't intentionally kick it or make that, you know, like you're kicking a football or a soccer ball or whatever. And then it's just called back, Eddie. You know, and I think that this rule at least will give him a little bit more um, leeway so that players aren't penalized so much for inadvertently knocking the puck in. Yeah, I, in my opinion, I think in a perfect world that, this rule would be completely removed um, in the fact that you can't kick the puck into the net. 
Um, I, I don't really see an issue with it. Um, you know, like if you can get your, it's not like people are, are, are doing it all the time. Like it doesn't happen every game. Okay. I can understand if you put your puck, your, your glove over the puck and, and you throw it into the net or something. A lot of times you, they, these guys are skating and, and, and they, they can't get the stick down in the ice and they just kind of direct it in. I don't see why that's such a big issue. Uh, you know, if they if they're skating and and it's inadvertent, it goes off a knee or something like that, and, and that's gonna count. Um, I don't see why it's such a big issue, but uh, this this rule, um, you know, extending the uh, the video goal judge and and how they're gonna review the call, kind of gives the the refs more leeway in in the decision. Um, I don't see it affecting it too much. When we see video review of these things happening, I don't think anybody's going to really notice any difference in how they're judging it. It's just going to be kind of a, a behind-the-scenes things that they're going to hope uh, cleans up the, the video review of this issue. Another aspect, too, is, uh, and we know when the when the ref has the intent to blow the whistle, you know, the play, play is stopped. And, again, this is another one that drives me nuts sometimes. But you see the puck go in the net, um, you know, at first glance, obviously, it's difficult sometimes for the ref to see it when there's a, a mass of bodies in front of the net. But you'll see a replay where the puck goes in the net. Uh, ref intends to blow the whistle, and it's, and it's done. But it seems like also in this rule, they're going to give uh, some more leeway for the situation room to review these plays, too, and possibly overturn them if, you know, they deem that the puck did go in. Um, depending on whenever the ref, you know, had that intent to blow the whistle, Andy. Yeah, and, I, and this is another one I don't think we're going to notice a huge uh huge change in it's another behind the scenes one um it's not like they're changing the rule really they're kind of just modifying the the way they review it um if the ref blows a whistle before the puck goes in it's still not going to be a goal even if uh, the puck was never covered so uh, you know the rule's not changing as as much as they're just allowing for more um accurate video review of the situation i think it will it will help um a bit it will you know some calls that would normally go against uh, some teams when they, they shouldn't will, you know, be rectified. But um, is another one you're not going to really notice a huge difference in um, unless you, you know, kind of paying attention to these small details and and recording them down. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a small change. But uh, hopefully it will, it will help clarify these situations. I know that a lot of times it can be really frustrating for some fans. What about, uh, you know, they didn't decide to do anything with the goalie interference as far as players running into the goalie, which – you know, that was a big topic, too. Uh, you remember the Stanley Cup finals uh, with Lundqvist and King that that play had happened, and that was a, a hot topic. And there were that was just one. I mean, there were other plays, too. I remember there was one with San Jose and the Kings that happened and, and other um, playoff series as well. Do you think the league should just stay as is like they're going to do, or do you think they should have done something to review those plays a little bit more, too, as well? Um, I think um, – I'm not sure how they've included this in, but there is a – the one the rule they've added in Rule 23 with the the game misconduct penalties they've added a new game misconduct category so they've added clipping charging elbowing interference kneeing headbutting and butt ending they're, they're moving from a general penalty category into the same category as boarding and checking from behind so you know five in a game kind of penalties um and I think mm-hmm. with this um with this interference um that they've added this could this might carry over into goaltender interference if they deem it to be intentional, and you know, intention to hurt, or, or they could have got out of the way and they bowl over the goalie. This could be added into the category as a as a game misconduct. So I think if that's added in there, then they've done enough. I think, um, giving adding that to the game misconduct category is a good idea. That would make sense. I would I would suppose Eddie, because then you're deterring that behavior. Um, from happening, and if you're deterring that behavior, then there wouldn't be a need to review those plays as much um, because hopefully, if they don't stop completely, they would at least you know decrease. Um, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, they're never going to stop completely. There's a lot of times where where guys are going harder than that, and then you know they just kind of don't want to get out of the way, and they bowl over the goalie. That's you know then they just got to face it. Five in a game, you're out of the game. If if the ref deems it to be intentional or that you could have got out of the way. Um, like it, I think uh, if this is the case, it's gonna you know, it's gonna re- significantly reduce the amount of uh, goaltender collisions, or hopefully it will that we'll see. Uh, but you'll never completely get it out of the game. Um, but uh, hopefully it'll it'll create a safer environment for the the goaltenders this year in the season. 
And, you know, the other, uh, some of the other penalties that have been uh, upgraded, just to clarify, they're, they're being added as there's still going to be two-minute minors, but also game misconducts. Is that what it is? I just want to make sure I get this down correct. Um, they've just uh, updated uh, the game misconduct category. So before, you would only have boarding and checking behind, um, you know, maybe a hit to the head. Those kind of penalties were, were considered for game misconducts. They've added um, a whole, you know, like mass of penalties, um, depending on the severity of, of the infraction to this list that could be considered for a game misconduct. So clipping and charging and elbowing interference, you know, you'd see those at max get a major five minutes, um, but these have added to the possibility to give game misconducts. So if, uh, if there's a clipping call that gets charged and it's a bad one or an L a charging one or an elbowing, you know, to the head or an interference call that's way late after the whistle, you know, and he's injured or, kneeing, headbutting, any of those ones, you know, butt-ending or spearing, any of those things can be added to, um, you know, unnecessary things, you know, uh, heat-of-the-moment reactions that that play, some players do, and and these will be added to game misconducts to hopefully deter players from actually doing them. And on top of that, I, I would think, too, Eddie, that this is a safety issue, too, because it seems like a lot of these rules are geared towards either more scoring or more safety. Yeah, it's definitely a safety issue. Yeah, the, Like we saw with the uh, the restricted area, the goalkeeping one, uh, uh, the, these are definitely you know geared towards uh, keeping players safe and, and preventing, you know, obviously there's been a huge thing with preventing concussions and hit to the heads. Um, and hopefully this, you know, kind of limits the amount of dangerous plays we see in a game. The uh, another rule that they're talking about going kind of we're going going back and forth on safety and uh, offense here is uh, on the face off side it looks like they're not going to allow uh, you know players to get kicked out of the uh, face off circle as easily on an icing call and it looks like they're going to start you know calling more of those delay a game uh, power play type things Eddie yeah and um, you know I'm just gonna read the rule up just so a lot of people you know understand this one because it's a, it's a little bit confusing on how they're doing it um, how the NHL has worded, worded it is is a to curb delay tactics on faceoffs after icing infractions in situations where the defending team is guilty of a faceoff violation following an icing the defending player who is initially lined up for the faceoff will be given a warning but will be required to remain in the circle to take the faceoff so it you know, a lot of people, obviously, when you see, like, two guys get kicked out or the ref doesn't drop the puck, kicks the guy out. For me, that's I, I it's insanely frustrating. I hate when, when the ref won't drop the puck or he'll kick a guy out of the faceoff. And I, I get why, you know, if he if the guy's trying to take the faceoff unfair, um, I get why they're kicking him out. But it just delays the game, and, and, and it's really annoying and frustrating to watch as a fan. So I hope this will limit that for sure because it, it, it's, it's frustrating to watch. You know, two guys line up for an important face-off, and you just got to sit there and watch the ref like throw each guy out of the face-off, and then you've got to bring in, you know, your right winger to take the face-off. And if it's an important face-off, you know, there's chances are if your guy gets your center gets thrown out, you're gonna lose that face-off. And a lot of times, um, that you know, that has to affect how the coach is gonna line up his players. A lot of times, you see coaches put in, you know, two centers in there. So if one of their centers gets thrown out. If you got another center in there, and that kind of messes up the their the way they're gonna set up their lines for the rest of that the rest of the period. So I I hope this prevents that, and at least they'll be able to you know stay in the face off after a warning. And I uh, hope this limits this for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. I think you, you might not see as much of the the two centers on the ice. Um, uh, shorthanded or on the power play, depending on maybe on the power play, you'll still see it, you know, just because certain teams like to have two out there, just to, you know, alternate or whatnot. But I think it, you know, might not see it as much, Eddie. Yeah, I, and I hope so. Um, and, and I hope it also cuts down on you know, there's a lot of um, it, it's it's hard to because you, you want them to cut down on, on players trying to cheat on the face off, but you also don't want to see the ref throw every guy out of the faceoff. So I, I hope it, there's kind of a median in there that they've met with this rule and it, it kind of limits both from happening. Uh, another rule that the NHL uh, changed around, a few things with the overtime, Eddie. They, uh, as you remember before, after the overtime, the Zamboni doesn't come out and do anything with the ice. You know, The Zamboni would only come out on the shootoff, uh, shootout 
pardon me, and do, you know, the middle section uh, of the ice. So now they're going to have the Zamboni come out there with a fresh sheet of ice before the overtime. And in addition to that, instead of um, going from the same side of your bench, they're going to have the team switch like they do in the second period with the uh, the long change on the line changes, Eddie. Yeah, and this is uh, you know what we alluded to before with the this trying to increase scoring, and it's been it's been you know publicly out there that the NHL wants to eliminate the shootout or or at least eliminate the amount of shootouts they go to, and they're hoping this is going to do it. This is kind of a passive way to do it. They they wanted to to uh, extend overtime or or you know do do different ways to, um, how they're going to do overtime so they can avoid the shootout. And I think this is the the first step in them doing that, and hopefully this works uh, for them. They're going to obviously switch sides. Um, and then they're gonna have a dry, you know, a clean ice, uh, or cleanish ice for them to skate on. So I think uh, this is just for them to try and eliminate the the amount of shootouts that they go to and and end the end the game in in overtime, so um, we don't they don't have to go to the shootout. Now, what about the other ideas? You know, some of the things that people talked about. Some of the ideas I liked is they there was you know adding more time. Um, there was also decrease the number of skaters, and then I've heard combo idea. Uh, one that a couple fans have, I've heard mention is, hey, let's just do 10 minutes, not 20, because uh, sometimes 20 comes up and everybody's like, you know what, that's too long to ho- do a whole other uh, period. But some people have come up with this idea. I kind of like this one. See what you think, Eddie. Some people say, let's do five minutes of four on four and then five minutes of three on three. What what would you think about that kind of an idea? Um, the only reason I don't like them ex- having longer overtime, um, there's a lot of times where you'll have um, you know, games in the season. We've got to play back to back games, or you know, you've got to um, you the, the longer you play, the more chance you have guys getting injury, um, and the, you know, the longer you get in a game, more guys are tired. People, you know, I I don't like the idea of having ten you know ten minute overtimes. I think. I, 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 the reason I like the shootout is, is not for the I like I like the fan you know aspect of it where you get to watch these guys come down I um I don't see it's not the fairest way to end a game but if you the, when you keep extending overtime there's there's more chance of guys getting injured I think you know if if you go and you're in the second three on three overtime and Sidney Crosby gets injured for the rest of the season I think fans are going to be more disappointed in that than having to go to a shootout. So I I think um, this is a good way to do it, and I, I think it will probably increase the amount of games that um, finish in overtime instead of a shootout. Um, but I I honestly have no problem with the shootout. Um, you know, if people really have a problem with the shootout, there's there's no real option. If they extend overtime, there's more chances for guys to get hurt, and I don't think anybody really wants to go back to ties. So. Yeah, that was another point I was going to bring up was the ties because this, you know. I, I agree with you. I, I like the shootout too. Every time I go to a game, it, you know, it's it's very exciting to watch. The, everybody in the arena is pretty much on their feet, and you know, it's either a, a collective cheer or it's a collective sigh or it's a collective boo or whatever it is, depending on you know which which player is going trying to score, or not score uh, for the home team or the away team. So it's very very exciting. And some other fans have told me they go, you know what, let's just get rid of it. Let's just do the five minutes and just go back to ties. But I think there's a, a feeling of um, just unsatisfaction, maybe Eddie, because uh, I think when one team gets one point uh, and the other team gets one point, it's just kind of like, yeah, okay, we kind of played, but we played really for what a point. I, I think when you add in that, that two points, I think it makes the game more exciting, and I think um, it, it's just more more worthwhile. I think I think if you just ended in a tie with one one on the on the um, you know, point total for the season. I I don't know. I, it's like it just seems kind of meaningless to me. What do you think, Eddie? Yeah, I I think in any American or North American sports, I don't think you can really have ties. I I just don't think it it works for the fan base where everybody wants a winner. You know, and, and uh, I don't really see ties working. You know, I ties work in soccer, and and that's that's the only place I really I really see ties work. I don't I I don't see you know they. I, there's the odd tie in football, um, you know they've tried to eliminate it, and, and I don't see them bringing ties back as a as a good solution just so they can remove the shootout. Um, you know, the, the, obviously they everybody wants a winner, um, and I think people would be more people would be happy even you know if they lost in overtime instead of tying. You know, at least if you lose in overtime, you get a point anyway. 
um, and, and tying is just kind of unsatisfactory. And, and like you said, a lot of people are just going to feel like they, you know, they, they didn't really get everything out of that if they see a tie. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Eddie. Uh, moving on, another rule uh, aimed at the offense is uh, in regards to the puck going out of bounds. It looks like uh, the NHL, Eddie, wants to have uh, more of those uh, pucks that get deflected out of bounds or get shot off the glass and whatnot um, to have those faceoffs in the offensive zone. Uh, where last year, you know, it kind of went back and forth. It depended more on uh, who it touched last or who who shot it out and whatnot. What do you think about them trying to make more of the uh, faceoffs in the uh, offensive zone? Uh, this is probably just a scoring one too. Um, I, I I don't really you know notice when it when it happens that much with the boys you know related to the puck um, going out of bounds. I think one thing they they should focus on. Um, is completely taking that shooting the puck over the glass to roll out, like unless it's intentional. Um, I get if a guy like you can see it, you can really you you can tell ref players they can tell when a guy intentionally shoots it out. Um, and if you know if you're in your own end killing a penalty or you know, there's a lot of pressure and you and you dump it out, I get that should be a delay game penalty. But there's a lot of times you see guys just trying to dump it up the ice and you know, it goes over, and that's a penalty and that can change the game. I I think. I hate that rule, honestly, unless it's intentional. And I think that's one thing they should focus on. Um, and I hope this, you know, kind of leads to them um, taking that out of the game. Yeah, I agree with you totally. I mean, if it's intentional, that's one thing. And, uh, it, you know, the other times it just it just seems to be a little bit too much um, in giving giving out too many power plays almost in, in that kind of instance when um, – it shot out for different other reasons. Cause like you said, you can tell uh, when a player shoots it uh, out on purpose or not. Uh, but I, I do like more face-offs in the offensive zone. I think it's, it's going to help out maybe not a lot, but it's going to help out a little bit. Um, are there any other rules uh, out there that you think the NHL should have changed or anything you dislike that they did? Well, any suggestions? Uh, one, one rule I, I like is uh, the taking the spin and move out of the shootout. I think um, it wasn't fair uh, to the goalies. A lot of times the player completely runs into the goalie on the sh- on the spinorama, and you can see most of the time a player does the spinorama, the goalie's not too happy. Yeah, they get snowed in the face or he gets run into or both, and, and I think taking the spinorama out um, is fair. Or at least the way players were doing the spinorama is they, they were getting you know within like a foot of the goalie completely stopping snowing him in the face and you know spinning around and throwing it into into the open net um there's not much the goalie can do and i think taking that out was was a good rule for the shootout yeah i, I agree i don't i don't think patrick kane's going to be too happy about that but for those of you that you know obviously don't know that was one of his patented moves but also as you mentioned when you're in that shootout or penalty shot to stop the momentum of the puck and then to turn around and shoot it i mean you're you're not supposed to do that. So when they were allowing these spinorama moves, kind of, it was almost a judgment call, Eddie, because they would watch. They'd have to watch the puck and see. Okay, the player is stopping and spinning. Is the puck still going forward? Is the puck stopped? Is the player's momentum stopped? And I think, I think there was just too much uh, gray area in deciding, and it seemed like the refs were just kind of allowing it. Uh, to go more and I think it was a huge disadvantage to the goalies like you had mentioned yeah and you know I, I just think um, I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure with uh, I think you always have to have forward momentum I, I'm not sure if you're allowed to stop I'm, I'm not really you know, well versed on that rule I, I don't think you're allowed to stop I think you're supposed to have forward motion I mean, even if you're allowed to stop like uh, these guys are full force stop in front of the goalie snowing him and, and, you know, pulling the puck around back towards, you know, the, away from the play and, and spinning and putting in the net. So uh, um, I, I know I know it, you know, pissed a lot of people off and, and, and when it happened. Um, and I think it was, a, a, you know, a good call for them to take it out. Uh, one of the better calls, even though it's such a small rule, it, it's a it, – it, it's kind of a step forward. If they're not going to take the shootout out, it's a good way to go and eliminating some things that, you know, make the shootout bad. 
I, I agree. Is there any other rules out there that uh, you would like to see them do or, or change or anything like that? Or, or you're pretty happy with everything that uh, the NHL put out this week? Uh, yeah, I, like, I think they've done uh, what they can and, and they've done good in what they've done. But I, I think, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, and kicking the puck in the net should be allowed. Um, I, I don't see any problem with it, really. Like, uh, I, I don't see how that is unfair in any way. Um, like I said, if you glove the puck in or, and you slide it in with your hand or you throw it in, that's a different story. Um, and I think also dumping the puck out unless it's intentional um, and, and eliminating that rule is one thing they should also work on as well. Um, but other than that, I think, you know, the, the addition of these rules, they won't make a huge difference, um, but the, they'll go away into, you know, making the game safer and, uh, you know, and increasing the offense a bit, which I don't think we really need to do, but... Um, I don't think we'll we'll see a huge change in it either, though. Yeah, I don't think we'll see a huge change either. Uh, my my only concern for me is more the goalie interference uh, type plays. I think for me, I think those should be reviewed more often. Um, and I I don't you know I know some people look at those situations and then they complain because they're like, well, it's going to take more time. But y- you know, in the NFL, for example, every scoring play is reviewed. And they get that stuff done quick. So there's no reason why, you know, if the NHL doesn't want to review every scoring play, then that, that's that's fine. I mean, that's – but, you know, just adding and looking at those type of plays, I don't think it's going to delay the game that much. So that's my only thing. I wish that they would just automatically review it regardless um, if the ref thinks there was or wasn't contact just to make sure they get it right. Uh, and I just I don't think that would delay the game, Eddie, at all. You mean um on goals, goal in like goal interference for goals, right? Not not exactly. Okay, I, I was just making yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a good thing. Um, the, you see it happen a lot where, obviously, the goalie's gonna get a lot of times he's gonna complain that he gets hit every time, even if he does it. So right. so yeah, I think um, not too much time putting into it. Obviously, you don't want to, you know they don't want to slow the game down, but I think um putting some more thought into review on that could be a, a good thing for them and, and going a long way and, and having, you know, good goals called and, and any goals that shouldn't be, uh, dis- they should be disallowed. So, yeah, I think I think that could be something they could work on as well. All right. Um, that's going to do it for this week. Um, the contest is still going. The last word for our contest to uh, get two tickets to the opening night of the Ducks this season uh, will be the uh, Anaheim. That is the last word, Anaheim. If you go back and you listen to the previous four podcasts, there's a word that we give out in each one. There's five words total, and they make a phrase. Uh, I'm going to put out a little article on, on it just to remind everybody to in social media. But when you figure out what that uh, five-word phrase is, go ahead and email us at ducksandpucks@mail.com. And what we will do is pick a random winner, and uh, we'll announce that winner and we'll keep it open, uh, the entries, at least for the next uh, you know, three four days, obviously, because people need to listen to the, all the podcasts, make sure they, everyone gets a fair shake. And uh, good luck to everybody, and we'll see you next week. The Anaheim Ducks are the Stanley Cup champions.